the one-on-one post-game report. Hi, this is Kelly Coltis. Welcome you into our one-on-one post-game report as Army beats Fordham 42-31. Fordham falls to 10-2 on the season. I'll be along with all the highlights in just a few minutes. But right now, let's send it back to Mike and Nick. Guys? Thank you, Kelly. Welcome back to Mikey Stadium where Army pulls off the upset because Fordham was favored in Las Vegas over an FBS team which I believe is one of only a handful of instances in which that occurred all season. As Army pulls off the upset and wins 42-31, we're looking for Kenny Ducey, who is somewhere with Fordham football head coach Joe Moorhead. And we're looking because there are a lot of people down on the field. Fordham is going over to the Army side where they're going to pay homage during the band's rendition of their fight song and so all eyes on the cadets sitting on the far side of the field this is an army tradition that dates back a number of years as after every army football game they play their fight song and usually the opponent will stand there as well Paying homage to both the school and representing good sportsmanship and dual mutual respect for each other. And it's the alma mater of West Point, not the fight song, pardon. So we talked about it earlier, both of these programs, historically great programs in, in the realm of college football, specifically back in the 1940s when Army went on to win three national championships. And we've got eyes on Joe Moorhead. Now we're just trying to get Kenny Ducey along with him for our post-game interview exclusively on WFUVsports.org and 90.7 FM. The Fordham Rams fall here by 11 points at West Point. They look forward to the selection show tomorrow, which will be broadcast on ESPNU, but also... FordhamSports.com, or you can listen live on WFUVSports.org. And we're continuing to look for Kenny and Coach Moorhead to meet up down there. It's really crazy. It looks like we've got Kenny Ducey with him now. Kenny? Coach Moorhead, it's up lost here tonight. First off, what did you think you get at the end of the game there? Was throwing the ball down to the one-yard line. No, I... Uh, you know, coaches, coaches. Uh, you know, that's his prerogative to throw the ball at the end. Obviously, we were still trying to win it. We onside kick with 15 seconds left, and you know, he took a shot down the field. Uh, then they took a knee. So I don't, I don't have an issue with that. Coach, you only lose by 11 here. You scored a touchdown late. How does that look to the selection committee tomorrow? Do you think? Uh, that, that's their uh, decision. You know, I mean, I think we played toe to toe with a with, uh, 1A opponent. You know, who's who's beaten you know three 1A teams and played close with a couple others. So. You know, I'm proud of our kids for, uh, I told them three things this week. It was going to take urgency, uh, energy, and precision. And I think we had the first two, and I don't think we were precise enough. And uh, yeah, that's why we weren't able to come out on top. Let's go about injuries, and I'll get you back into the warm locker room. Mike Niebrick comes out today. What did you think of his performance with the knee injury up to the right? He battled back. I mean, the kid came back. He's a warrior. You know what I mean? There's most... Most guys would be out for an extended period of time, but you can't keep the kid off the field. And I'm very proud of the way he, he, he battled. He came back from injury and he competed. 
And finally, Coach, we saw Dan Lyon, Brett Bissett come out of that game. Do you have any update for us on their status? Yeah, not right now. We'll, uh, we'll uh, let the training staff look at them and uh, you know, see where we're all tomorrow. And, you know, uh, you know we're putting this behind us. So we're going to find out who we play in the first round or, or hope we get a bye. So, uh, you know, it's a lot of positive moving forward. Coach, thanks so much. Back to you guys. That's Joe Moorhead with Kenny Ducey down on the sideline. Fordham Falls in the regular season finale by a final score at West Point. Army 42, Fordham 31. So long from West Point. The one-on-one postgame report continues with Kelly Coltis right now. Kelly? Welcome back into the one-on-one postgame report. I'm Kelly Coltis. Let's get started on how Fordham ended up losing to Army 42-31, the final score. You know, Fordham started the game off strong, beginning at their own 30. Two huge completions to Brian Wetzel got the Rams down to the Army 27, but the drive would stall there. Mike Mirando would come on for a 40-yard attempt. Mike Mirando from 40 yards to officially hold the Fordham career field goal mark. Ball on the right hash. Wetzel to hold. Snap. Spot. Kick is away. It's got the distance, and it is good. Mike Mirando from 40 yards, his 42nd career field goal, and Fordham's got a 3-0 lead with 12-12 to go in the first quarter. So an early lead for Fordham, and you know, Army would not have much luck as they would punt their first two times, and with a Fordham punt sandwiched in between those. So on their third drive for Fordham, they would take over at their own 20. A big 12-yard completion to Brian Wetzel on third down kept the drive moving, as did an 18-yard completion to Dan Light right before the end of the first quarter. So the first quarter score would be 3 nothing Fordham. The Rams would drive all the way down to the Army 29, but once again the drive would be stalled, this time on a fourth and 16. Head coach Joe Moore had decided to bring on punter Joe Pavlik, who would do anything but punt. 11.38 to go in the second quarter. Fordham to punt. Pavlik gets it. He's going to throw. Launches it deep over the middle. Looking for Chapman at the goal line. It is tipped up and caught. Touchdown, Fordham. Joey Pavlik, 29 yards. And it's caught. The Rams score. And it's Mark DeSisto. Touchdown, Fordham at the goal line. 11.31 to go in the second quarter. And Fordham leads 9 nothing. Whoa! So, Mike, I'm bringing you guys back in here. Obviously excited by that call. How entertaining was that play to watch? I know that feels like ages ago. Yeah, it does. And, and really, Pavlik, he kind of leaned back and just fired it as high and as far as he could. I talk with Joe Pavlik all the time, and you know he says there's some plays in the playbook, but I didn't think anything like that, so... Uh, He was able to get the ball up. It was nearly intercepted. Chapman actually played defense, slapped it down, and it fell into Mark DeSisto's hands for the sophomore punter and for the senior. Really special teamer. Special moment for those two. DeSisto deserves it. He's a real warrior out there for Pavlik. I mean, that's the second time he's converted on a a fake of some sort this year. So uh, shocking, and at the time you felt like Fordham is finally getting rewarded for what was really a dominant first quarter early in the second and they were up 10 nothing. but really that's where things stopped going the right direction for Fordham. Well as Mike kind of led into it Miranda hits the extra point there and then he would kick off and the kickoff would bounce into the end zone so Army would start the ball at their own 25 but with AJ Schur at quarterback he would come in for Santiago. On his third play he would rush for 54 yards all the way down to the Fordham 8 but he would be hurt on the play so Santiago would have to come back in. He would hand it off and on second and goal they would find the end zone. Second and goal from the Fordham six. Man in motion left to right. It's a toss to the outside. Dixon breaks a tackle at the goal line. He's in. Touchdown. No, it's Terry Baggett. Either way, Army gets on the board. Cannon fire at West Point. 
because Army cuts into the Fordham lead. 10-6, Rams with 9.20 to go in the second. So after the extra point, the Fordham lead would then be cut to 10-7 with 9.26 to go until halftime. On their next drive, the Rams would begin at their own 25. A good 12-yard catch and run by Kendall Piercy on third down would keep the drive alive. And an Edmonds 12-yard rush would set the Rams up at the Army 32. But three plays later, a tip pass would go Army's direction. Four down front for Army. Third down and six from the Army 28. Niebrick, a UConn transfer, came down to FCS. Multiple major knee injuries. Wants to prove himself in front of a big crowd here. One hands the snap. Steps up, throws short. In and out of the hands of White. It's intercepted at the 26. And the Black Knights offense would take over right there. And they would end up needing a fake punt of their own to keep the drive alive. Their punter rushed it for 15 yards on fourth and one to move the ball into Fordham territory. But four plays later, they would end up punting anyway, giving the Rams a chance before halftime with 1.14 left on the clock, starting at their own 10. The Rams wouldn't go anywhere, though, as Niebrick was sacked, so Fordham would go to punt. But utter disaster would then ensue for the Rams right before the half. Daniel Grotkowski's long is 46, so the target line for Army is the 29. Back to return at the 43-yard line of Fordham Territory. Pavlik just behind the O in West Point in the end zone. And it's blocked in the end zone and caught by Army inside the five. Now it's loose in the end zone and picked up touchdown Army. So, Nick, to bring you back in here, you mentioned later on in the broadcast that you thought this was the turning point of the game, and I did too. What really happened there that took the life out of Fordham with this blocked punt? Well, you just look at the first quarter of the game, and you look at all the things that Fordham had done so right, and they played it perfectly uh, pretty much the way you have to when you're playing on the road at an FBS opponent. And they had a 10 nothing lead, and they had an opportunity to go into halftime with a lead or potentially at worst, tied with Army, which you take that as a win if you're Coach Moorhead. And then the fact that everything positive that they had done in the first half basically gets erased on that blocked punt because they were down at halftime, a four-point lead. Army had all the momentum heading into halftime, and they were getting the ball back to start the second half. So it was just a disastrous end to a, a pretty good first half for Fordham that really you look back at as one of the big turning points in this game. So as Nick mentioned, the Rams would head into halftime down four after that extra point. The halftime score, Army 14, Fordham 10. And as we mentioned, the first half ended on a really bad note for Fordham with that block punt for a touchdown. And the question was, how would the Fordham defense respond? Well, not that great as Army ran eight plays for 65 yards and the final play of the drive would be a five-yard run from Dixon. Army 0 for 5 on third down, third and 1, man in motion, handoff. They've got the first down to the goal line. He is in, touchdown. Touchdown, Black Knights, 20-10 over Fordham. And it was run in by Dixon. Now with Army scoring 21 unanswered points with the extra point there, the other question was how would the Fordham offense now respond? Well, except for another big catch by Wetzel, not too well. Another Ajala dropped helped force a punt. And guys, how killer was this for Fordham to come out in the second half, give up a touchdown, and then have to punt on their next drive? Yeah, I mean, at that point, you kind of, and Nick and I looked at each other because that was a long drive on, on Army's part. And we looked at each other and we said, we don't know if Fordham's going to get a stop in this half, and they didn't. Um, because at that point, Army was running the ball with such efficiency. They barely even got it to third down on that first drive. They went to third and short a lot later. 
They were able to average four yards a carry, and that's all you got to do. They averaged a lot more than four yards a carry for that matter. So to, to not get the offense going and respond really put Fordham in a bad spot, and I think at that point, I think, Nick, you would agree, both of us kind of felt like all the momentum had swung to Army, and it would be very tough for Fordham to, to turn it back around. And Mike would be right as on after the punt, Army would begin at their own 15, and they would have the ball for what seemed like an eternity. After the, after the quarter, we learned they kept it for 12 minutes and 46 seconds in the third quarter alone. Now that we enter the fourth quarter, that never-ending drive continued, and it ended up taking 20 plays in well over 12 minutes, and it included just one run over 10 yards, a 15-yard rush from Baggett all the way back at their own 40. Army would convert two more fourth downs on this drive and three more third downs. The drive would be capped off with a two-yard touchdown rush. Second and goal from the one. Dixon the deep back. Santiago gets the ball. Dixon up the middle. Bulldozes his way in for the touchdown. Army extends the lead. 13.07 to go fourth quarter. Army 27, Fordham 10. Nick, I have to ask, how long did that drive seem to you guys? Because back here in the studio, I felt like Army just had the ball for a never-ending amount of time. Oh, it felt like an eternity. And I'd, I'd even go on to say that most of the drives in the second half felt like an eternity. It was an 11-minute, 13-second drive, which is 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 mind-boggling <laughs> that, they, that Fordham wasn't able to come up with a stop somewhere along the way. It nearly took up the entire quarter, a quarter's worth of gameplay uh, for an 11-minute drive. And... At that moment, you're looking at the Fordham defense on the field just get worn down again and again, and it wasn't like For- it wasn't like Army was really disguising what they were doing. They weren't really pitching it outside that much anymore at this point. They were just relying on their dive back, Larry Dixon, to t- to carry the load right up the middle through the heart of this defense, and it worked effectively for him. And as Nick mentioned, Army would now have 28 unanswered points in control of the clock after the extra point there. They would kick it off and Fordham would return it to their own 35. From there, Michael Niebrick and the Fordham offense would come alive on just one play. Niebrick, an All-American at the FCS level, led the country in completion percentage a year ago behind center, first and 10 from the 35. Play action, throws deep over the middle. He's got Wetzel at the 40, makes the catch. Breaks it free up the far side. Up the middle, he's at the 10, 5, touchdown. 65 yards, Niebrick to Wetzel, touchdown, 28-16 Army, and Brian Wetzel having a monster game, his 10th catch, 12.54 to go in the fourth. So after the extra point, the Rams would cut the Black Knights' lead to 11. Miranda would squib it on the ensuing kickoff all the way down to the Army 25, almost forcing a fumble, but that would be the Black Knights' only mishap. They would go on a 10-play, 75-yard drive, ending in a 30-yard uh, 30-yard rush once again by Dixon. Seven minutes to go, fourth quarter. Army by 11 with the ball, first and 10 from the Fordham 30. Which of the eight plays in their playbook will they go at this time? It's a handoff. Dixon up the middle. Breaks it free at the 10. To the 5 to the far. Pylon is in. Touchdown. 30 yards. Dixon would not be denied from his third touchdown. Army 34, Fordham 17, 642 to go. And, Mike, how killer really was this touchdown? I mean, you finally see some life from the Fordham offense. They go out there, they score quick, but then the Fordham defense forced right back onto the field. Yeah, Nick said it between drives. He just said, he, he turned to me when we were in a scoreboard and just said, that was too fast. And I go, what What do you mean too fast? Fordham needs to score fast. He goes, well, no, you, you get 13 seconds off the field in game time. That's about four or five minutes of real time that they were off the field, not nearly enough for a team that had just been on the field 
for a a 20-play, 84-yard drive over 11 minutes. So in that sense, it was just a little too quick, and this defense was a bit outmatched by the run today, um, as they are occasionally by SCS teams, but you have a top-five FBS team running it, it's even harder. So it's tough because the the play you wish would, would change momentum, but the way things were going for Army, there wasn't much that would, would swing it away from them at that point. And after that touchdown there by Army after the extra point, they would go up 35-17 with just under six minutes to play. The kickoff would give the Rams the ball, their, the ball back at their own 30. Niebrick would complete just three passes on this drive, one to Adam Malkowitz, one to 1,000-yard receiver Brian Wetzel, and the last to Bucky Jones. Niebrick behind Mazera, the senior center. Checks the play clock. And now gets the ball, high snap, handoff, Edmonds, fake, now throw over the middle, it's caught. Touchdown, Tabucky Jones Jr. 35-23 Army with 5.18 to go in the fourth. And Fordham orchestrates another quick fourth quarter touchdown drive. That would cut the score to 35-24, but the Rams would be unable to recover the onside kick attempt, setting up the Black Knights at the Fordham 38. And Nick, did you really almost know when... Army got the ball back at the Fordham 38. You knew they were going to the end zone again. Uh, it kind of it kind of appeared that way just just because Fordham had 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 its difficulties stopping Army in the second half and and um, it, you look for something positive from this Fordham defense and there was just not a lot to be found and so you you just almost assumed the inevitable was was going to come that Fordham was bending and bending and then to a certain extent it was going to break eventually and that's ended up that eventually ended up happening and six plays later another rushing touchdown would go in for army it's second and goal inside the one santiago gets it pitched to the outside maples at the goal line he's in touchdown 41 24 army with 255 to go in the fourth so after the extra point, Army would go up 42-24, but Fordham would get another chance. The Rams would begin at their own 20, and a few plays later, an unlikely weapon, backup tight end Adam Alkowitz, would score. Fourth down and seven, Niebrick steps back, Ford in the pocket, throws over the middle, and it's caught by Malkowitz off the tip, and he's into the end zone, touchdown! Whoa! What a catch and run! And for the senior Adam Malkowitz, who dealt with serious problems over the course of this year health-wise, this is a fine moment for him in Fordham's defeat. Army 42, Fordham 30 with 15 seconds left. And after the extra point, the score of Army 42, Fordham 31 would hold, despite the fact that Army threw a play-action pass down to the Fordham 1. Mike, what were you seeing there? I mean, they hadn't thrown, as you mentioned, since the first quarter, then all of a sudden they throw it down to the one-yard line on play-action. Yeah, I'm still fuming about that because, uh, well, <laughs> Coach Moorhead can say it, and I know a lot of teams say that Fordham runs it up. If Fordham got the ball with 12 seconds left against a team that they've clearly outclassed in the second half, and it's a multi-score lead, you fail on the onside, it's at the 44-yard line, I, I, I'm just I'm dumbfounded that Army, a, a program that really tries to conduct themselves with a lot of class, would do something like that in that moment. It, it's mind-boggling to me. I'm hugely disappointed. And while you could say Fordham got a taste of its own medicine because they put up a lot of points, Joe Moorhead never would have done that. And if he did, I wouldn't be a Fordham football fan. But, uh, you know, it, that's a disappointing moment. But Army gets the upset. They, they beat a Fordham team that 
was favored over them despite being an FCS team. So, you know, cheers to Army. This is a, a win they, they much deserve. Absolutely. And one of the things we haven't talked about too much is the injuries. Nick, Mike, what kind of injuries do you see, and how will this affect Fordham going forward? Well, it's, it's a little early to speculate the extent, the full extent of the injuries from today's game. But one thing we do know is Dan Light had a had a knee injury. Brett Bestick had a lower body injury. Two of the, the bigger players for this Fordham team, and, and that goes along with already having lost Stephen Hodge and Victor DeFusco for the year. So you just it's hard to speculate what the effects are going to be going into a playoff game, but, you know, it's not, it doesn't bode well for Fordham to have those guys, um, you know, on the mend, so to speak. No, and, and if you look at the defense now compared to what you thought you'd have at the start of the year, this is not how you drew this up at all. I mean, Jake Dixon was in and out of the lineup. George Dawson was injured in this game but came back. You saw a couple of linemen shuffling in and out with, with various injuries. Slate missed a bit of time getting looked at. Uh, I mean, really, that defense is as banged up as you're going to find. They're going to be missing at least two, possibly more starters, and I, I think it will be more by the time it's all said and done going into the playoffs. Um, th- this is really the worst-case scenario for a Fordham team that was hoping to get a bye week, and now they're kind of behind the gun entering the first round of the playoffs with a lot of missing pieces. And we'd like to get all of your thoughts. The phones are now open, 718-817-2752. Give us your thoughts. Call in. Ask Mike, Nick, myself questions about Fordham football, you know, their playoff run, possible things going forward with this team, including the injuries that we were just talking about. And, Mike, you listed off all these guys, especially with the fact that it doesn't look like, I mean, we don't know definitely until tomorrow, the selection show at 11 Mm -hmm. o'clock, but it doesn't look like we're going to have a first-round bye here for Fordham. How much does this change, I guess, Coach Hooley's game plan, the game plan going Fordham for going forward for Fordham with all these guys potentially missing some time. Yeah, it's it's a lot of guys who really make a big difference. Now, don't get me wrong, just because Brett Beestick may or may not be out, let's say he does miss this game, doesn't mean that they're going to get no production like it's a black right, hole no, there. Exactly, but no, I understand by the that. same token, he has now, I believe, including today, 18 tackles for a loss this year, leads the team in sacks, second in the Patriot League in sacks, top five in the Patriot League in TFLs, He's one of the top leading tacklers among defensive linemen in the Patriot League. I mean, to lose him is a tremendous shot. Dan Light, I think, is really a bit of trouble right now injury-wise because he's so important to the offense. Adam Malkowitz is a nice ancillary piece, and don't get me wrong, that the wide receivers, the running backs are the focus of this offense, but to lose your security blanket, a guaranteed 5- or 10-yard completion seemingly every time you throw it to him, you know, those guys are going to be a lot to lose. And, you know, you look forward, you could have a game against Sacred Heart uh, is what a lot of people think. There's a couple other teams that would make some sense. But, you know, you're, you're going to – if you see Sacred Heart, they love to run the football. They play smash mouth. Fordham saw them last year. Yeah, you got to be a bit concerned going into a game like that if that's how things shake out tomorrow at the selection show. Things could, uh, things could be really tough for Fordham in the first round. And for a team that had such high expectations – to lose the equivalent of, of, you know, five starters, that, that'd be a lot. That'd be a lot. And, you know, going into this game, the health of quarterback Michael Niebrick was the one, every, the one thing on everyone's mind. Was he going to play this game? Was he not going to play this game? Coming out of last week's game, you know, Peter Mansell's had to come in in backup duty once again. Many people thought he would start this game. It's kind of ironic that Michael Niebrick's one of the few healthy players standing from Fordham after this loss at Army. Yeah, I guess that's one way to look at it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... 
Yeah, Nick, you and I were a little concerned about his ability to run, but we saw him in pregame. He looked like he was throwing the ball around with a lot of zip, had no trouble planting, and really the second half there's just a lot more yeah. pressure on him, and, and mm-hmm. they played a lot more man, and it made it a little harder for him. Yeah, well, what we saw in the first half, they were only doing three-man rushes, so Mike Niebrick had a lot of time to sit back in the pocket, and he could really take the time to go through his progression, see his reads, go to his checkdowns, and he – Brian Wetzel had a monster quarter in the first quarter, and that was primarily primarily because they were in zone coverage. He moved to the the second later second quarter and really the second half of this game. A lot more man, a lot more blitz coverage coming your way. Five man rushes, six man rushes, and uh, it it really started to take its toll on Mike Nieberk in the second half of this one. But, but I think it, even though this was a loss for Fordham. I think it was extremely important to see Mike Niebuhr go out there and get some game reps. I, I mentioned it a little bit. It's really important to get game reps in this level because missing, essentially, he missed three weeks of gameplay. Um, I mean, he played at Georgetown for the first quarter plus, but he eventually, he essentially missed the majority of that game. So I consider it roughly around three weeks of gameplay. And coming into today, it seemed like there was a little bit of rust Maybe initially towards some areas, some throws were a little bit behind receivers, a little bit in front of receivers. So coming in, it's really important that he got those reps. And moving into the playoffs, I think uh, it's this is going to be a big performance that he has under his belt. Absolutely. And the phones are once again open, 718-817-2752. Just about 10 minutes left on the postgame show here. And, guys, I have a quick question, too. Looking at, you know, Fordham's record now 10-2 and two on the year. You mentioned towards the end of the game, Mike, you know, the loss only losing by 11 maybe looks a little bit better in the selection committee's mind. How do you think they're going to vote, I guess, for Fordham tomorrow when everything comes out around 11 o'clock? Yeah, it's important to note that while Frank McLaughlin is on the committee, Fordham's former athletic director and currently still, involved in the athletic department at a higher level. He was promoted, and Dave Roach came in a few years ago. He is not allowed to be in the room when they discuss Fordham in any way. So uh, certainly having Frank around there might help Fordham a little bit. They may ask him when they're outside the room. I don't really know exactly how that works. But he won't be able to tell everybody, well, it was a closer game than it looked against Army, or maybe it was not as bad as it looked against Villanova because Mike Niebrick had only practiced for – six days going mm-hmm. into that game he, he didn't play spring ball at all coming off knee surgery again in the off season. so uh, you know to a certain extent that stings a little bit because you'd love to have him in the room but nobody has their guy in the room so with that in mind um i, I mean i don't think it changes it i think you know everyone plays it plays fbs versus fcs is kind of house money a four mid one it's a nice plus if they don't win so what it's a team with 20 more scholarships and you know, 30,000 more people in the stands and whatever. So uh, I, I think this is a home game for Fordham. Uh, we'll see tomorrow in the selection show. My gut says Sacred Heart. Everything that, that our coaching staff knows makes them to believe, you know, they would be a logical fit given mm-hmm. the, the localness, if that's a word. <laughs> and uh, Proximity. The, the, hey, that's a good one, uh, <laughs> Kelly. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's it's just a case where uh, I, I don't see Fordham getting the bye. They would have gotten it, I think, with a win here, and now they're probably playing first round at home, and they'll just have to take whatever they get. Absolutely. Absolutely. And looking, you know, at Fordham, we mentioned some of the guys that were hurt, but some of the guys that were here and made an impact today. Why don't we get to your players of the game and see who you thought on both sides of the ball, what players of the game you guys selected? Well, I think offensively it has to be Brian Wetzel for, for Fordham. I, I mean, he was – 
Simply a beast receiving today, 193 yards, just seven shy of 200, and he had a touchdown. But that first quarter, he was really essential to getting Fordham off to its hot start. He was finding gaps in the the cover two and cover three zone that Army was running, and it was really effective for him to find a groove, and and he really got the offense going. Even in the second half, when it seemed like things were, were really bleak, he ignited a spark somewhat in this Fordham offense with the long touchdown pass. And then switching over to the Army side, I think you have to credit Larry Dixon for having an outstanding game. I I, I think he did a great job in the second half. He was held in check pretty much in the first half, but he really found his own in the second half. 158 yards, three touchdowns for the guy. He averaged around seven yards a carry. So he he was a total beast and really took control of the game in the second half. Yeah, and for me, uh, Brian Wetzel is obviously a great pick. I I really think for the Fordham offense, it was a case of too little, too late. Uh, on defense, Austin Hancock was all over the place. 19 tackles, uh, that's a career high for him. Uh, he's been pressed into service a middle linebacker. He's been impressive, and uh, uh, while it comes in a losing effort, and they gave up a lot of rush yards, I really think Austin Hancock was kind of the key to Fordham's defense when they were doing things right and I'll give it to him because Brian Wetzel is off the table. For Army, Larry Dixon is an easy pick, I think. A.J. Shore didn't even play the whole game, but he changed the tempo, changed how Army came out to play. And uh, even if he didn't play the whole game, he was injured twice. Then he came in as a backup. Four carries, 74 yards, broke them out of what was a really poor start, got them on a touchdown drive, and, and, and played well. So, uh, he didn't play much, but I think he was the spark on offense for Army. I'll give it to the backup quarterback, A.J. Shore. And, guys, before we get your final thoughts, just one more question. Chase Edmonds today, 13 carries, 69 yards rushing. How important is he going to be going forward if Fordham has any chance of going far in the FCS playoffs? Well, he's healthy. I mean, that's the big thing. That's a good I mean, thing. That was, yeah, he, he's been dealing with a deep thigh bruise. I mean, it's the kind of thing where your whole leg, I mean, is swollen and it hurts to walk. He didn't practice the last couple of weeks, but has gutted it out in games. Didn't practice this, this last week for the majority of it. Finally felt like he was 100%. Joel Rodriguez told us before the game that he finally felt like they were seeing the chase that had come to camp before he was injured. Uh he, he's going to mean a lot to this team. If Fordham's going to get a first-round home game next week, Chase Edmonds needs a 100-yard game for Fordham to be successful, I think, against a team like a Sacred Heart or, or a team of that vein. I think he's going to be very important. Yeah, and I, I agree with you, Mike. I, I think that's a good barometer for how far this team could go is, is the success of Chase Edmonds. 100 yards is a, is a perfect benchmark uh, today. It was one of the rare days where he couldn't really find a rhythm but we expected that coming into today, that it was going to be a lot tougher and a lot more physical for him to find running lanes. He wasn't going to get those explosive plays because their secondary was one of the best tackling, open field tackling secondaries that probably Fordham has seen this season. So for Chase, how he bounces back from adversity, I think is going to be really important to see from this Fordham team. But remember, last time Chase didn't have a great game, negative five yards against Villanova. He bounced back in a huge way with an over 200-yard performance, if, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And uh, he carried the load big time for this Fordham offense. And going into a playoff potential playoff game next Saturday, if that's what the selection committee decides, he's going to be a huge part in maintaining the balance of this offense. And it, we saw a little bit today towards the end of the end of the second quarter and, and even towards the end of this game, Fordham became a little one-dimensional. 
and I think Chase, uh, they were also playing a little bit from behind, so Chase is going to be a bigger part coming into a playoff game. All right, guys, before you wrap it up, here are your quick final thoughts, then we'll let you get out of West Point. Well, I think looking at this game today, it's got to be a disappointing result considering how Fordham had started 10 nothing. But looking at looking at what Fordham has done this season, 10 wins is a, is a pretty successful season, regular season to have. Uh, but I think we learned today that there's still obviously a lot of work to be done in order to get ready for a playoff push and, and to achieve the eventual goal of competing for a national championship. I think the rush defense had been better in the past. Today it was exposed in a big way. But you got to remember, the triple option is not an offense that you're going to see very many times. I think there's only a couple of schools in the country that run the triple option. So uh, they got exposed today, but in the past they've been better. In the past couple of weeks they've been better. So today it doesn't really matter too much. You're probably not going to get a buy, but there's a lot of things that you can take away from it. The offense was playing better. Michael Niebrick had some time in the pocket, and he was effective. So I think moving forward, Fordham's going to be able to compete in in the FCS playoffs, which is what you want to do at the start of the year. Yeah, and, and for me, Kelly, to, to kind of wrap it up here, it, it's a case where, you know, it, Fordham doesn't get the result. It's an FBS opponent, house money, can't say it enough times. You're pleased just to come here and, and compete to some extent. This is not an unmitigated disaster because Army beat Fordham. That has nothing to do with it. It's the way Army beat Fordham. They ran the ball. They were physical. And Fordham is is certainly down but not out. They're going to need big plays from reserves in the coming weeks. Guys are banged up. It's not a very good moment to be in for, for a Fordham defense that uh, um, really didn't have any room to begin with. So Army 42, Fordham 31. And uh, for Nick Legerfo, Merrill Servin, Kevin Kelly, and uh, Kenny Ducey, uh, back, to, back to Rose Hill. All right, guys. The remainder of the one-on-one post game. Get home safe. Have a safe trip back here. And you know, as we mentioned, Fordham wrapping it up here, falling forty-two thirty-one at Army. As Mike mentioned, this drops Fordham, the Patriot League champion, on the year to ten and two. We'll see where they land. As once again, the final score of today's game is Army forty-two and Fordham thirty-one. The executive producer of Fordham Football is Bob Ahrens. Our studio supervisor today was Anthony Pusick. Producer of today's game, Tyrus Lajeski. Our field engineer and producer, Merrill Servin. And our studio engineer is Brendan Bowers. Thanks to Fordham Sports Information Director Joe DeBerry and his staff for all their assistance. There are no more regular season home games for the Rams, but football action isn't over. Fordham is in the FCS playoffs, but we won't know until tomorrow's selection show on ESPN3 at 11 when we find out where, when, and against whom they're playing. Head to FordhamSports.com or WFUVSports.org at 11 a.m. to watch or listen to the show to find out where Fordham will land their first playoff game. Until then, from Mike Watts and Nick Legerfo, Ken, Nick Legerfo, Kenny Ducey on the sideline, Alex Simeon with the updates, highlight supervisor Aniello DeVita, highlight producers Thomas Aldrich and Thomas Ryan. I'm Kelly Coltis. Have a good evening, everyone. Fordham Rams football is a production of WFUV Sports. Stay tuned for Mixed Bag with Don McGee coming up next on WFUV.